0: Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And Daphne is not here this week because we are talking to a special guest who I will introduce in one second. Uh, Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Uh, And we also wanted to say that this week's episode is brought to you by our patrons who are supporting us on Patreon. And that includes Dave, Andrew, Jan, Lola, Jason, Mike, Maddie, Ethan, Patricia, Ben, and Sarah. What fabulous names those were. Uh, You can become a patron and support our show for as little as a dollar a month by going to justonemorepodcast.com and clicking become a patron. Speaking of uh, finding ways to find support for your creative life... This week's guest uh, deals with that and all other uh, related topics related to being a creative person, uh, and I'd like to introduce Katherine Yeager-Thomas. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Uh,
0: so, Catherine, who are you and what do you do?
1: Well, um, I am Katherine Yeager-Thomas, and um, I have a uh, business called KJT Coaching, and I'm a creative career and business coach.
0: Cool. So uh, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. That's the big question. Um, so I work with creatives. Uh, that is just my jam, the people that really want to make something new. And I really um, include artists, absolutely, in that world, as well as entrepreneurs, um, Makers of all kinds, including movement makers, and I even include parents in that, uh, visionary parents, parents and families that really want to make a new experience of raising families, raising kids, and so on. So it's really a broad group of people that I work with. And what I help them do is build sustainable, prosperous careers and businesses that support them and their family, actually go beyond supporting them and their family, really work for them and their family and their specific circumstances.
0: Um, That's super interesting. And the reason that we're talking to you today is that um, as a a creative person uh, or a person who I, I think of as or I think of myself as a creator of things, um, like this podcast, among other things. Um, but I know from talking to, uh, my friends and my family and just, you know, other people that, um, often when we're talking about, um, being more awesome, which is what the theme of our show is, we talk about it from the perspective of fitness or the perspective of, um, you know, nutrition or things like that, or mental health. Um, But a big part of um, being an awesome person or feeling like an awesome person is feeling like your life has meaning and you're able to um, do the things that you want to be doing. And for a lot of people, I think a big sadness in their lives is not feeling like they're making the things they want to be making, whether that's, um, you know, oh, I loved drawing as a kid and I don't do that anymore or I always wanted to be an actor and instead I'm a temp or whatever it is. I think for a lot of people, a thing that they feel is standing in the way of their most awesome life has to do with their creative lives. So that's why I was really excited to talk to you on the show uh, so that our listeners can get some tips about, um, you know, supporting their creative lives as adult people who also have responsibilities and all those sorts of things, whether they're full-time artists or, um, full-time, something else, and feel like something's missing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's so exciting because, and it is exactly what I try and um, work with my my clients and all the people that I work with, because I believe we're all creative, whether you consider yourself um, an artist or somebody with, you know, that talent of, of creativity, you know, we all are making new things in our lives in, in so many different areas, whether that be, I'm going to create a new... Um, you know, new understanding of my relationship with fitness or with, um, my health or with my job or in my, in my, um, uh, in my life as a temp who also loves to write, you know, all of these things can be brought together and you can take that creative, um, energy that you have and really allow yourselves to make something that you didn't previously think was potentially possible and, um, and go and do it. And in fact, more awesome right so um lots of crossover here absolutely
0: so how did you come to be doing what you are doing it's not a thing that like people major in in college Um, (laughs) so how did you find your way to doing what you do
1: yeah well it's a bit of a story um but i uh began my professional career as an actor, as an artist um, and performer. And um, I quickly realized almost immediately upon leaving school that I was better suited actually to be on the other side of the table essentially. And I became a producer and um, started my own theater company. And what I, looking back now realize is that was the beginning of me understanding that my role my purpose as you said is really in that place of supporting the creative mind and creative impulses i have the ability to Kind of see what you want to make and then help you pull together the resources and the confidence and the clarity in order to get it made. So that was the beginning of that journey for me um, was to become a producer. Now, the thing about producing theater that scared me the most was raising money for it. I felt like I could do all of the other parts of it, but I was terrified about going out and asking for um, for support for the thing that we wanted to make, right? And um, that's a really essential part of the um, arts model at this time because most arts models, unless you're in a commercial producing land, really rely on donations uh, because it's a nonprofit model. And we certainly were in a nonprofit place. So I sought out every opportunity I could to learn how to become a fundraiser and um, And that became my career. And so the bulk of my career was really for um, about 15, almost 20 years working in the theater as a, what we refer to uh, fundraising as a development professional. And um, I raised millions of dollars for theaters and I was in my dream. I was in my dream career. Um, And what I loved about fundraising was, it actually was this way to really support um, what I loved more than anything, which was telling stories through theater. So I worked for several different companies. And when I was in the height of my career, on my path, working on amazing projects with really incredible people, I became a mom. And uh, suddenly my career, my vision of my career and my vision, which I didn't even know about until I actually became a mom of a uh, parenting and having a family didn't entirely mesh and you know I think looking back if I knew now what if I knew then what I knew now maybe I could have been able to reconcile it a little little bit more but it was really this like kind of crisis of of self that who I thought what I thought I wanted to do and what kind of parent I wanted to be and how I wanted to engage and with my family really were um were at odds with each other and while I absolutely Absolutely loved 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 my job and loved everything that I was doing it was incredibly stressful and it there was no end in sight to the um, ambition that I and my colleagues were like moving forward on um, so I spent a rather agonizing um, period of time trying to figure out what I was going to do create more flexibility um, so that I could spend more time with my family and not be so pulled in so many different directions. And it just, because of where we were in the project, it just was impossible. And so I made the really, really difficult decision to um, to leave. And this is important because at that time, I just felt like I was taking this incredible left from and like throwing away my entire career and throwing away this idea of what I thought my successful career was going to be and um, but I knew in my heart that like I just couldn't see another way forward so I I, I left and within um, 48 hours of me putting in my notice to my my colleagues whom I adored, they hired me back as a consultant. And all of a sudden it was like a total switch happened. And I realized that all of the rules that I had been playing, all of the, or that I had not even been playing with, but I had been following, like what my career has to be, were not necessarily the ones that were going to support me for the rest forever, were the most supportive of me as a mom, um, as a creative person. And I was like, whoa, I get to make my own rules. And so, in just, you know, Uh, the blink of an eye, suddenly had a um, consulting business, because they hired me back as a consultant. And that allowed me to work with other clients, allowed me to continue on with the project, support myself, support my family, and really create um, this next phase of my career. I did that for a long time. I worked with a lot of other great companies. And what I found that I loved the most in that work was honing in with Um, each individual person on what it is, why they do what they do, what their mission truly is, what their strengths are, and using that to build, you know, more sustainable um, models for for their organization. And we're working with artists. So as you said, you know, am I allowed to, you know, have a a lucrative career and be an artist in the same breath. And so every artist I know is asking that question. And so are the um, arts organizations out there. You know, can we make this, this mission-driven model really work? So it was incredible to work with them on that. But I found that the thing that I was loving the most were those really personal conversations around how can I go out there and and really make a um a bold request right Right? because we're asking for money i was a fundraising professional so it's like asking for what i really see this company needs and deserves and finding those partners and what needs to happen is you need to get a clarity of what you're after actually after within that and you have to build up the confidence and the understanding of who you are and who your organization is and then um and then ask for it, which is terrifying to most people. Um, I don't, <laughs> terrifying, yeah, right? absolutely. And, and <laughs> but then they would do it. And I, it's a really deep, um, it's a really deep transformation that happens. And I wanted more of that. So I once again, felt like, there might be something here and the only word i really knew for it was coaching and um but i had actually no interest in becoming a like the the idea of of changing my changing my um title and becoming and doing something else was like no once again am i throwing everything away so, But it kept calling to me and kept calling to me and kept calling to me. And I um, started studying coaching. I got my training and uh, uh, certification in as a coach. And um, over the course of that time, and after some soul searching and discovery, realized that I could bring all of the things that I love and, in fact, all of the expertise that I have towards this, um, this platform that I really, really enjoy, which is these deep, you know, intimate conversations where you're asking really, really deep questions about where it is you see yourself going, who you are to make that happen, and, um, and then create the strategies and the implementation plans to make it happen.
0: What you were talking about, um, doing with these companies in terms of sort of like narrowing down or, or focusing on like what, um, what their real mission was, what the heart of what they wanted to do is and then getting to a place where they could ask for what they need for it. Um, hmm. As When you described it that way, I was like, oh, so that's obvious why that works on a personal level. Because in whatever, whatever it is what you're doing, um, I think so many of us uh, go through a lot of time without really knowing what is the core of what I want to be doing, what do I need to support it, and how do I ask for it. Um, that's so hard. <laughs> it's so it is. Hard. It
1: is. And it's really hard to, I think one of the reasons why it's so hard and why it helps to have somebody to talk it through with is you don't often, you, we often dismiss the most important parts of our narrative or we dismiss the most important parts of our strengths or our purpose we don't even see it a lot of the time because we're too busy focusing on what we think we're supposed to be doing rather than the thing that we actually are really called to be doing and um it's hard it's often really really difficult to see that so having somebody to ask those questions and to hear it is um really like a really profound experience. Um, and everyone needs it. You know, that's why we talk to our friends and our family and we need sounding boards. And, you know, it's, we walk away from these these conversations where we're allowed to be vulnerable and challenge, you know, what's actually happening and what we're thinking and walk away with the new perspective. Yeah. And that's essentially the work.
0: I think it, it's also something that I think as, um, as we, as Americans for, most of our audiences from the U S as we get to a new place in the life of work in our country. Like my grandparents didn't ask, you know, what their purpose was. They, they figured out what they had to do to feed the family. And they did that for as long as they could. And like, you know, their kids got a better life. And um, I think now, uh, this is not a universal experience. People living in poverty, uh, you know, their primary concern is not most likely like, what is my creative purpose? Um, But not to say that people of all economic situations aren't creative, but I'm saying that as more people have more choice in what they do for their life's work, these questions are becoming more important to more people because um, we have started to feel like we want more. Um, Like it's not enough just to get the paycheck, have the kids, Uh, but, but there, that there's something more out there, um, and we're figuring out ways to get at that thing. Um, and, uh, it sounds like that's a a part of what you do is help people figure out what else, what more is there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the, the thing about, um, creative change, and I am really talking, I, 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 see it from a very, very, uh, broad lens, um, it is where change really happens in our world, right? I mean, there is a there's a force in all of us to say, I want something different, um, and that is whether that be in my, you know, uh, most close to me uh, experience, my day to day experience, whether that be in a uh, relationship or a uh, or or my community at large. Or whether it be in the world, you know, and I believe that those things are actually deeply interconnected. That what we want, and if we are able to um, connect to what we really desire and what we're really called towards, that ultimately will will allow us to have the greatest impact um, in our in our life and in our in our in our community and potentially change the world. This is creativity. And I, again, expand it beyond, you know, uh, the, you know, writing and arts and dance and, you know, all of the creative fields that we think of, but more about just making something new, pushing outside of the bounds of what we, what the status quo is right now and saying, what do I want that's different and how, and what is it, what impact, what a different experience have on me and everyone around me too. Absolutely. So it it's really expansive, but I think we are in a position, you know, where our careers are no longer, you know, you go and um, go to your, your work and come home and it's done. You are constantly inundated with uh, technology and, constant connection and you know one of the reasons why I struggled as a as a young, you know, as a new mom was because I couldn't separate my family life and my career and my business and I was completely drowning in it in the interconnectivity of it without being able to see what's really important to me in this moment right now Mm -hmm. and um, and how can I prioritize and choose. So yeah, it's a it is a really important question to ask. It sometimes feels like a real luxury to be able to say, what is it that I really want? But we're all driven by values. We're all driven by the things that are the most important to us. And what I aim to do in my work is to allow those values to really guide all of our decisions. Um, and uh, regardless of what the circumstances may be.
0: Well, so you mentioned that you went through um, training and certification to become a coach. What does that look like?
1: Well, so here's the deal about the coaching industry is it's not regulated. So it's really right now, um, you know, quite possible for a lot of people to call themselves coach without any real training or, or certification. That wasn't something that I was interested in. So I did seek out a um, you know, rigorous uh, training program that, that that met my met my um, requirements and also was um, uh, affiliated and uh, certified through the International Coaching Federation, which does it does oversee a lot of the, the the coaching that's out there. So I am a certified professional coach, and I went through a training program called IPAC, and um, and I that was not a terrifically multi-year extensive program but it was um a very intensive I would say 10 to 12 months of, of training, um, both in person and, you know, working with, uh, in coaching and whatnot, as well as, um, learning the skills of coaching. So it can look a lot of different ways. I personally wanted, you know, one of the, one of the top, um, training certifications under my belt. Cause I, despite my want to break all the rules, am a total rule follower. And I really <laughs> wanted to, um, you know, I wanted, I I really wanted to, to have the best skills that there were out there.
0: Also, if you're going to be um, getting all involved in people's lives, you want to know that you have something to stand on (laughs) and that you're able to offer them something more than just, I mean, you know, friends are great, but if, if our friends were enough all the time, we wouldn't need therapists or coaches or teachers or all those things. Um, we have all those things because sometimes you need a little extra.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think what, one of the most important things about the um, about knowing what a coach does is also knowing what they don't do, right? Like I am not a therapist, and I am not even. I have worked as a consultant, but I am not. I wouldn't necessarily. Con- consider, say that that is the best way for you to use my skills in this moment for me to tell you what you're supposed to do. So f- f- knowing what a coach does in really helping somebody hone in on what is their, you know, their inner narrative and their inner desires and their goals rather than me inserting what I think they should be doing. So that absolutely, it's really, really, um, it was really essential to, you know, becoming the best
0: coach. So, um, in talking today, um, I thought we would talk a little bit about using routines to, um, sort of, uh, mesh our creative lives and our, like, just get things done to live another day lives. Um, because that's the position that so many of us are in is that, um, for most people, um, they have things they need to get done to make their lives happen, and they also have, um this idea that like maybe uh, they could do something fun and invigorating once in a while. And um, uh, one of the things that you suggest is that having some sort of routine to fold creativity into our regular lives is a big part of nurturing that part of ourselves. So. why are we so good at starting routines and so terrible at maintaining them? I feel like that's universal <sighs> across everything we talk about on this show. Is that everyone loves yeah. making a plan, no one likes following a plan?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm um you know, I love talking about routines because I personally really struggle with um deciding to do, you know, deciding to do something every day and then sticking with it. There's something also about like my creativity that says, no, I want to, i want to do something new. I want to try something else out. And so, you know, I, um, I love really examining what is it about routines that, that works for us and what you know, where can we find some flexibility in it? So, you know, why we're so good at starting routines is because we are, you know, we are all really creative individuals, right? Like we want to have a new experience. And so we kind of tap into that and you're like, I want to write five days a week or I want to, you know, work out um, more or this or that. And you envision where that might take you. um, And that is it. Built into all of our beings, right? So we're so good at being like, this is something that I want to do. The reason why we're so bad at sticking with them, I believe, is because we choose the what we're going to do without doing a ton of deep diving into the why we're going to do it. So, and, you know, I do this work. All the time, personally and uh, pro- professionally, and with my clients and whatnot, and I'm I'm totally guilty of it. Where I suddenly find myself, you know, Googling, you know, <laughs> different strategies instead of really asking the question: Well, what is this potential strategy going to actually mean for me? What does it actually speak to, and what does it offer me um, if I were able to stick with it? And um, so that's I think the 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 real the real reason we. Choose what we're going to do without being 100% clear on why we're even doing it. And Mm -hmm. I'll go one step further and say there's always something deeper than the first why. (laughs) That's
0: what I was going to say is that, um, you know, relating it to uh, what I have more experience talking about in terms of like an exercise routine, for example, or some sort Uh of diet, which uh, many of us have experienced. Um, is that uh, there's almost always the reason you tell yourself you're doing it and then the secret reason. Um, And the secret reason almost always has something to do with something you feel you lack that you are hoping that this diet or exercise routine or something is going to make different about you or your life. So often the like stated reason, if we're talking about like exercise is like oh, you know, I want to um, be able to run a race or I want to uh, be able to, you know, run with my dog or whatever. And the secret reason is more like, I don't feel like I'm enough. I feel like my body is bad. If I do this thing, maybe I will be better. Um, yeah. And uh, without acknowledging that second thing and thinking about like, whoa, like, That's pretty harsh. Like, why am I thinking that about myself? Is this like running plan really going to fix the fact that I feel like my body is not acceptable in this world? Um, Without taking a look at those secret reasons, uh, turns out like a running plan isn't going to fix the fact that you feel like your body is not appropriate in this world. And so then you stop doing the thing because it didn't really do what you were hoping it would do.
1: Well in some cases in that really great example in fact some cases your response to the routine that you've laid out for yourself or the plan that you've you've laid out actually reconfirms for you the thing the thing under the thing right the right. secret reason because you're like oh well if i don't you know know how to take care of myself clearly since i'm not able to stick with this plan that's that's still true, that will always be true.
0: Yeah. And to take so it back it, to, um, being a creative, you know, uh, well, I always thought that I probably didn't really have it in me to be a writer and I failed to do my writing every day. So that confirms that I am not really disciplined or talented enough to do this and I should just forget it. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 you know, so there's, and the why, you know, really we, we need to get when we're, you know, uncovering the why, the secret why, the secret reason, we need to find a secret reason that actually supports us. It is, it's in truth. It needs to be close to that perspective um, that uh, that you're carrying around, right? You can't ignore the fact that you feel inadequate as a uh, writer, let's say, or a, you're lacking confidence, you can't ignore that. You kind of have to love yourself into, into, or, you know, um, into encouraging a, a a set of conditions that will allow you to understand who you are as a writer, understand what what routines and disciplines really work for you, and so there is a a bit of rewriting that you can do around, um, that secret reason that, uh, is more supportive is not so, um, not, you're not enough, you're not enough. Mm -hmm. And that is where, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of time. Um, if you're going to set out and, and build a routine that works for you, you have to spend some time really understanding the thing. Thing that you say to yourself when you come up against that routine. And if the answer is, I say, I'm not enough as a writer, or I'm not, a, or, you know, I don't love this or that or whatever about myself, then that is going to directly get in the way of you being able to move forward in the routine that you've laid out for yourself.
0: So what do we do instead?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do we do instead? I mean, I think that we, acknowledge why we feel the way we do, right? And say, okay, well, what are the things that are, um, what are the things that are standing in my way? It's this, this narrative that I've told myself that um, I can't write in a certain way, right? A lot of people, a lot of creatives come to me and they say, I'm not disciplined, right? I don't know how to, um, sit down and do the thing that I've laid out for myself on a daily basis. I want to write every day, for instance. And what we, what we do is when you sit down to write, what are the narratives that are going on in your head? I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. You know, or, um, why can't I do this? of course you're not going to be able to move forward if you're beating yourself up. You're distracted by that terrible voice in your head. So what would be a more supportive thought for you in that moment? Well, I'm starting a new routine. This is challenging. This is challenging for almost every writer, um, whether they are in a career or not. What do I need in order to help me you know, take the tiniest step forward here. And, um, and what do I need to, what do I need to tell myself? Oftentimes, and because we are all creative beings, there are places in our lives, not even oftentimes, every time there are places in our lives where we have been able to overcome a real challenge and a real hurdle. And so we can create parallels between those times in our lives where we have, Experience success or overcome a hurdle, and apply it to our experience right now. Okay. Well, you know what? I I was able to um, sit down and complete that project. And what helped me do that is that I had, you know, I had a great team of people that I was working with. All right. Who do I? What do I need to build in my life that allows me to collaborate with people who inspire me? And that's one one way to to build energy and excitement around a particular project. We expect to be able to do everything on our own, particularly in the creative world. I think really in all areas of our lives, we're like many people think, oh, I should be able to do this on my own without without getting the support that you need. So what is the support system that you can create for yourself? Um, So really understanding and getting underneath of, the, the, the narrative that you're telling yourself when you sit down to do that work and oftentimes choosing the exact opposite or if that doesn't work, which, um, for, for, for me actually doesn't work, really understanding what are my motivating factors and what are the motivating factors that come from a place of love and, um, and generosity to myself and compassion that will help me keep moving forward
0: i think we all have those things especially when we're talking about creative pursuits because if we didn't have some core part of us that loved the thing and truly thought we could do it we wouldn't feel stifled by not doing it (laughs) um i think so many of us feel stress around creativity because we have this part of ourselves that is that is you know calling to us and saying like hey this matters, this is important to you, you wanna do this, you could be good at this. And then we have another voice that's also like, no, you're bad at it, don't do it, you're going to fail, just forget it. Um, And uh, if we didn't have part of us that wanted it and thought it could happen, it wouldn't be stressful not to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And here's the other thing that we're not talking about is that there is a huge rhetoric that's out there in this world around what it takes to be a creative, what the sacrifices are that come along with it, uh, what kind of person it is, you know, that can do that, and we are often telling ourselves those things, and those those things are not in alignment with you know our values or what we want in our lives. So you know. For instance, you know, there's a lot of the, like, let's talk about, like, the starving artist mm-hmm. you know, paradigm that is romanticized all over the place. A lot of times people are scared to to commit to their creative endeavors because they're frightened that it's going to have a negative impact on their financial prosperity. I mean, if I pursue this and I become successful, can I sustain it? Is this going to be the most supportive for me? Um There's also the idea that in order to be a creative like writers or you have to be in this like deep, dark kind of um, uh, oftentimes mental illness comes into into play like that. It needs to be incredible. You need to be this in this very dark or introspective place and not able to connect with the people or isolated, there's all of these different romantic notions, non-romantic notions, you know, <laughs> that can be deeply crippling for a lot of people to move forward in their goals because whether they like it or whether they know it or not, they there might be something inside that's saying, well, if I, if I do this, I might lose the things that are important to me. I might lose... Um, a sense of stability, or I might lose a connection with my partners, or you know, or with the people that I love, or I might find myself entirely alone um, in this work, and and you know, and then the creative process and itself is often one layered with frustration and doubt and um, and second guessing and it's in that process that we kind of bust through and move to this next phase of what's newly possible for you. But you're kind of bringing that in, right? You know, we would all, if we all could sit down and just crank out that brilliant novel that we have been, you know, ruminating on, it'd be one story, but it's a huge process that we don't know whether or not we wanna jump into. We're not 100% sure we want to jump into it. We're called to it, but what's it gonna? What's the cost going to be?
0: Yeah. Well, so we're say we have some creative thing that we think we'd really like to have more, be more part of our lives, whether we want it to be a career or not. We want to. There's something that we we wish we were doing, and and we just haven't been doing it. Um. Uh. What is? a good like basic structure for trying to build up a creative routine?
1: Great. Um, creativity is more than just getting in front of the work that you have to do. Right. We, as creative beings, I mean, creativity one uses all different parts of our, our brain. Um, so it's not, you know, just in one spot, it's everywhere. Right. And it actually, um, is, a lot of times, you know, creativity happens when we're taking a shower, right? The idea of like, oh, I'm taking a shower and my best creative impulses come to me. So what, what I really encourage, um, uh, the people that I'm working with to do, or, you know, your listeners to do is really kind of let all of your experience be part of your process. It is okay for that walk that you've decided to take instead of sitting down and, you know, cranking out that your, the next lines of your novel to be part of your creative process. In fact, it could be the most essential one in that moment, right? So I really see creativity as a um, fully inhabitable, like fully integrated, that's the best word for it, process. So um, one of the, the first thing, the first thing that you must do before you even sit down to... Um, To do it is to create the space in which you are doing it. So um, whether that be setting aside a specific time um, in your day or your week or your month, you know, really taking the time to say, "Okay, I am committed to moving forward in my creative endeavors. When am I going to make that happen? And um, and really finding a, a time that actually works for you you so um, if it is waking up early in the morning and making that happen great in my life that's not a possibility because my children wake when i wake and suddenly no creative endeavors are actually getting done As certainly not on a day-by-day basis so i have to create the time and i have to create the support structures in order to clear the pathway to that time so the most important step is really actually to create creating that space right for yourself and if you're starting something new. It's really okay to start small because if you are trying to make a large commitment, what is what is important is actually, con- you know, consistency over quantity. So coming back to it on a regular basis is more important than, you know, um, uh, in building a routine and is more important than, uh, you know, dedicating large groups of time um, that you're not going to be able to commit to on a regular basis. And regular, I will say, is subjective. So, you know, for some people, they need to block out a weekend in order to write, but they're not necessarily going to be writing every day. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So really understanding your own time.
0: Okay. For example, um, so I started um, back into singing at the beginning of the year. I was always a singer when I was younger. And in the last few years, I'd let it slide. And so I decided this year I was going to get back into it. And what I decided was that one of the things that was getting in my way was feeling like I had to practice for a long time. Mm. Um, and so I decided that um, my, my teacher sends me home with recordings for my lesson. And the warm-ups from those lessons are usually like 15 minutes um, once I take out all of my like blabbing in between exercises. <laughs> and so uh, what I decided was like, you don't have to commit to practicing anything beyond these 15 minutes. All you need to do to say that you practiced is to sing these 15 minutes of warmups and exercises. Absolutely. And, um, that has really worked for me because like, turns out once you've been warming up for 15 minutes, you start to think you sound pretty good. And then you're like, well, maybe I should work on this song for a little bit uh, maybe I'll sing something else. Uh, or if I don't have time, I say, great, I did what I need to do, needed to do today. Um, and I move on. Um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and 15 minutes is a great period of time because really most of us are, can wrap our head around 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you can do almost anything for 15 minutes and, 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 and get to the other side of it. You know, intact, and so um, that's a really great uh, period of time. There, I will be honest. There was a period of time in my life where I had a hard time even identifying 15 minutes. And there might be people who are listening to this and saying, I, "No, I don't have 15 minutes." And so five minutes is enough. You know, when I started meditating, 15 minutes not possible. 10 minutes not possible. Five minutes occasionally possible, but. What was 100% always consistently possible was finding 30 seconds a day where I could stop and concentrate on my breath. And that is actually how I built my my meditative practice. So no sliver of time is too small for you to start taking on a new routine that is right for you. Yeah. Um,
0: something else that you talked about in terms of um, structuring a creative routine is Um, like determining your needs and your focus for that time or for the day. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. You know, I
1: think a big part of, of tapping into your creativity is tapping into your intuition. You know better than you realize what you actually need. And so a huge part of my routine is to stop and ask myself, okay, what is it that I need today? And, um, what, what are the, what am I focusing on? I always bring to mind my larger goal, you know, whether that the one that really motivates me once I've landed on my, why, what is this going to look like? Like, what is this? Why is this important to me? What is my real reason? My secret reason? All of these things. Um, what is my most supportive reasoning? I focus on that and ask myself, what is it that I need to really focus on to move forward? And I use a really light touch to that. It's not, you know, a deep inquiry. It's just a curious, um, a curious question. Hey, what do I need right now? And I listen. Um, you know, to all parts of my being. So what my brain, your brain will always override if you let it, right. It will be like, look at your to-do list and start overwhelming you. But what's my body feeling? Um, if I'm feeling hoarse, is this the best time for me to be jump right into, uh, practicing that song that I've been working on right away, you know, or do I need something else to clear the path towards my routine? And, um, and so once you've determined that, you know, you can, you can uh, then go ahead and do it, right? Like you, you've decided, okay, just 15 minutes. Of this 15-minute warm-up is really going to be helpful to me. And oftentimes, when you just take that one step, you find yourself clearing the way to a much bigger uh, chunk of time that you're willing to commit to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I I see that. There are really four things that um, you can, when you're asking yourself, what do I need and what what do I need today? What are my What do I need to focus on? I ask myself a couple of questions. How connected am I to my intuition in this moment? There are times when you ask that question and it's like, I don't even know, you know, like, <laughs> you're so, I have no idea what I need. I feel completely all over the place. There's no way I could spend time on this. And you're really overwhelmed just by that feeling well, you know what? The the thing that I need to do, the, the thing that's going to move me closer to my ultimate goal is to sit and maybe do some writing, maybe do some clearing some path around, you know, connecting back into who I am and my vision, um, really tapping in to you. You know, we are the one, we are the um, common denominator of all of our endeavors. So if we're not in uh, the place that we need to be in in order to move forward. Then that's the work. The work is, you know, uh, is figuring out how to center ourselves so that we can come to our practice, our routine, fully as ourselves. So um, I use meditation a lot of the time, but I have a very expansive view of meditation. That could be writing. Um, that could be listening to music. That could be taking a walk. It doesn't have to be sitting and oming all, you know, for 20 minutes at mm-hmm. all really how do you connect to yourself and um and that's i think one of the most essential and most valuable ways for you to spend your time if you're in a creative endeavor yeah the second thing is getting physical i mean like you really um is getting your body moving because you your body creativity is like a is a full body experience when you are in flow everything is working your toes are working when you're in that creative flow space so if you start by getting yourself moving in a way that really really uh, feels good for you you are setting the stage for your creative your creative endeavors to just kind of plow forward from that moment, right? Oftentimes I will go for a run and that's where I get my ideas for my writing, or that's where I get an aha for, you know, um, something that I've been working on with a client. And, you know, that is the case for so many people. Creativity is a full body experience. If you're sitting behind a desk clunking away, you know, on your, your computer, you are cutting without allowing your body to get in on the action, you're cutting off a huge resource.
0: Yeah. I often find that um, if I'm running and I'm just listening to music in my headphones instead of what I'm often listening to, which is podcasts, um, podcasts mm. take up a part of my brain that music does not. And mm-hmm. when I'm running and just have the music going, I often find that my inner monologue will take me to the place that I need to be in terms of thinking about, you know, what projects I'm doing, what's interesting me, what I feel like is missing, um, because the moving of my body and the sort of light interaction with the music, um, gives my brain space to just sort of like hang out for a little bit, sort of like the shower. I also get the ideas in the shower thing. Um, but often if I just give myself, time where I'm moving my body and not listening to someone else talk, my brain will start talking to me um and uh will tell me uh what I what I feel interested in doing next.
1: Yeah, it's a really and like it lets you just tap into that intuitive like you when you also, exa- start to exhaust your body and like kind of get it concentrating on, you know, feet one foot in front of the other and heart pumping and breath in and out and things like that. You you almost hit a meditative stance stance in some ways, and you're putting your body to work and your mind to work on that, and it definitely allows other ideas to just kind of come in a way that otherwise you would have to kind of struggle for and reach for, and instead it just pops up. Oh, there you go. So oftentimes, you know, you could be working on a problem and feel compelled to sit at your desk for three hours until you figure it out, whereas maybe you could just spend 20 minutes, um, you know, Uh, doing yoga or I, you know, go for hikes a lot of the time. And that's really helpful to me because it has many different components attached to it. Um, uh, many of these different components attached to it. And suddenly I walk away and I'm like, Oh, in 20 minutes, I was able to come up with a solution rather than like Mm gruel into the process Mm -hmm. that I had anticipated.
0: Yeah. Trying to grip too hard onto a thing to make it happen. Almost never works. (laughs) Never. (laughs) We find that we need to find a way And it's so annoying because like, how annoying is it for someone to say like, just relax and it'll happen. Um, it's very annoying, but, uh, is also true (laughs) finding a way to let go a little bit is almost always the way to let, um, ideas and inspiration flow.
1: Well, in fact it's, it's, it, it is essential. I mean, it's one of those things that in the creative process you just have to get okay with that. Um, you know, there are times when you need to sit down and work through a problem, you know, work through a problem and really understand what is the problem okay and, and get to the other side of it in that way. But another critical component is maybe working through the problem intellectually and then letting go and you know, releasing the idea of what you want it to be. And that's where the innovation comes into play because suddenly something other than just your brain, your intuition comes into play, a past experience comes up to you. And suddenly you're like, Oh, right. This is what I can do. And a new solution comes to you, mm-hmm. which, and it wouldn't have, if you're just sitting there kind of pounding at it the entire time.
0: Yeah. Um, what about finding inspiration? I, sometimes I yeah. feel like I like want to make something, but I don't know what I want to make it about, or I want to, you know, I'd love to do some writing, but I don't really have anything to write about. How do you, um, how do you seek out inspiration?
1: Yeah, I think inspiration is again, a really critical part of the process. And, um, you know, oftentimes we think, this is one of those things where you are allowed to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go watch a movie, you know, that speaks to the kind of writing that I want to do in the pilot that I'm writing or, you know, and I, I'm allowed to go and watch that. And then, even though it's enjoyable to me, um, and, and allow it to fuel my own personal creativity. You know, I have, I've been working with a writing coach and she talks often about needing to tune an instrument to another instrument outside of it in order to kind of bring, it into, you know, the place where it needs to be. And we as, um, creative beings also need to do the same thing. So, you know, really understanding that all we might need is just, um, an outside perspective. Uh, if you, and that can come from any, many different places. Um, it can come from other artists, other, if you're, looking at building a business, other people who are doing the same things you are doing and you would like to be doing, that's absolutely um, a a form of finding inspiration. It can also just be being around people who really inspire you to take positive action. So going out and having conversations with a friend is a really valuable way um, of uh, seeking out inspiration. It's even better when you do it intentionally. Hey, Joanna, I've been writing for the past three hours, and I'm really stuck, and I just would love to sit down and talk with you about where you are with your project. And, you know, that is an intentional way of seeking out inspiration and suddenly you're 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 swapping ideas back back and forth and you come back to your desk and you're ready to go
0: yeah i think you learn as you go to which people in your life are good for that and which ones are maybe not as good um yeah. for example i think a lot of us have someone in our lives who we really like and respect and also feel incredibly envious of <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is maybe not for me the most helpful person to talk to about where I'm at, uh, because it like uh, helps to sort of put me back in that place of thinking that I'm not enough. But there are other people um, who I just don't have that feeling about. Um, And so those are the people that I try to remember to go to (laughs) in those moments. Uh, It helps, for example, uh, my husband is not in the same field as me. He's a creative person, but he does something totally different from what I do. And so he can, I can talk to him about whatever I'm working on. And he understands the process of making things, mm-hmm. but he, there's no weight with him about the project itself. He's not going to say like, well, when I made a podcast, <laughs> I did this. Uh, Cause he doesn't make a podcast. Um, yeah. Actually, that's not true. He did have a podcast for a while, but it's been a long time and uh, I, I feel no, uh, no envy about it.
1: Yeah. It's not attached to, to, he's detached from it in some right. way. Like he wants you to be support, he wants to support you and he loves, you know, what you're doing and who you are and everything about you, but he's not, uh, he, he doesn't, ha- he doesn't use it as a point of comparison to himself right. and, um, and nor do you him. And that brings up, you know, comparison is a really, really tricky, um, spot, right? So, you know, I had somebody, I need to seek out who said this, but that like compare, comparing yourself is kind of a form of like violence to yourself because you're, you're it's, it's your way of saying that I'm not where I'm supposed to be in this moment. Mm-hmm. And that is one of those things that gets in the way of moving forward. So yes, seeking out people who you can be vulnerable with and who are also willing to show you their vulnerability. Because there's nothing worse than asking somebody, oh man, how did you do it? How do you make this happen every day and then being like, "Oh, it's easy." Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like,
0: <laughs> like, great, oh, very helpful things. No.
1: <laughs> no, you somebody who's real with you and who can say, oh yeah, I've been there before and this is what I did. Or I wasn't exactly where you are, but I have been in that place and mm-hmm. it's totally normal and um, I feel it all the time and, you know, keep going, let me know how things are going. Building a strong community is an awesome form of communication. Communi- of doing all of these things, connecting to who you are, because you if you have a really strong community, they can actually reflect back to you what they see in you, which is incredibly inspiring and motivating when they're like, oh, this is what I love about you. You're so funny. You're like, oh okay, I can go and do this thing that I've been, you know, trying to to do around comedy or whatever. Having a community that can can that you can really talk to about what it is you're after and the trials that they've experienced can be a huge part of um, of moving your creative creativity forward, mm-hmm. um, and 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 being that inspiration as well. So no one should be doing any of this work by themselves, and that um, that idea of the isolated you know writer in the. Uh, um, Uh, in the dark room, you know, pulling their hair out is actually not a very helpful way for you to consider how your, your creative experience could be like, it could be one of collaboration and community and sharing ideas and sharing experiences and really, um, and really gaining, uh, motivation and clarity from that.
0: I feel like some creative fields are more, um, have more, uh, sort of uh groups like that as part of their deal yeah it's like, built, in. Yeah, it's like like, built in. totally like writers i feel like there are a lot of writers who write in their solitary garret uh but oh. there are also like writers groups are a thing where people get together regularly and they read what they're working on and they um you know support each other in that process um some art forms are inherently creative so um like I am an actor and I do a lot of improv. And so my improv team is a place where I go to get a lot of that support and do that creative work together. Um, singing can be really hard because especially if you're talking about um, you know, solo singing, um, it can be a lot of just you or you and your teacher. But uh, I recently started um, going to a group that gets together. Um, this uh, music director puts it on in his apartment and he invites everybody, they have cheap wine, everyone throws in 20 bucks. And then we just spend three hours taking turns singing, and the music director plays, and there will be a theme usually, but you don't have to do the theme. Um, and it's become basically like a writer's group for singers, like a singers wow. group. Um, and uh, it seems like that's a thing we could do in a lot of different art forms, or even like creativity in business. Like there's no reason you couldn't have like a business group where like you and your other CEO friends get together and maybe this does happen. It sounds like a thing that happens. It does.
1: It it totally (laughs) happens. There's lots of different platforms for it, but you know, they're all over the place. I love the singing group idea. You know, that's such a, um, that's one of those you're singularly right. Uh, moving forward, it's not like you're part of a group, right? Like you could join a chorus or a choir or something like that. But, you know, you are still on your own path as a singer, um, doing your own thing while also tapping into this community and sharing in that, you know, in that experience. And you're sharing your art which is really the point, which is so fun, you know? I'm wondering when you started going to that group, like how did that change your own interaction with your own um, like singing uh, experience and routine and what you saw for yourself, if at all?
0: Well, it was huge. I mean, I was coming off, and in many ways still am coming off of a lot of fear about um, and doubts about me as a singer. And so going back to a place where I was singing, not just for myself, but in front of people was really scary. Uh, But the group obviously was super supportive because that's Mm -hmm. what they're there to do. Um, And it it sort of reinvigorated my um, efforts to keep working on it because I was like, oh, like this group of people who most of them I don't even know, like they think I'm good at this. So maybe I am good at this. So maybe I'll Mm. like try something a little bit new. Maybe I can also do this thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been really great.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely, it provides that like inspiration, right. Mm -hmm. Where you're able to see what other people are doing. And it's so, I mean, there's nothing better than being in a room full of people singing beautiful, you know, beautifully and from their heart. Mm -hmm. It's like, that is a energy raising experience in and of itself. Right. So you're going to walk away inspired from that, but also that sense of, you know, that it is frightening, absolutely, to put yourself out there creatively. And anybody who tells you otherwise is um, probably lying in some way or another. You know what I mean? It's like, it is terrifying. You are doing your soul's work by opening up your voice, you know, opening up your mouth and singing with everything that you have. You know, Mm -hmm. that is deeply vulnerable and deeply scary. And so, to be able to say or see or just be in the room with other people who are doing that work and also um, saying like, yeah, I mean, I bet that there were a couple of people there that you were able to say, you know, this is frightening or they were like, I don't know, I've never done this before. And you're able to support each other and kind of move to the next level. And And that, you know, Validates your own fear, right? Which Mm -hmm. makes sense for you to be frightened, but also lets you kind of face it and um, and take action, right? Yeah. Sing the song in front of a group of people that you don't know, that you will know very soon, but that you don't know. Yeah. Um, So building community, it it is possible in all ways. I'm not saying that you need to like sit in a in a in a a, you know circle and write all together, but um, finding people who support you. Um, in that is is a really uh, essential part of, of of building a creative practice. Yeah. And you know when when all else fails, you know just returning to that, why am I doing this? You know, question. Why is this important to me? And ultimately, you know, that drops you back in to that that thing that you said, which is I am. There's part of me that really, really wants to do this. And that is the most important voice of all, right? That's mm-hmm. the voice that is actually guiding you to um, to your your great work. Um, it and it's relentless because if you're if you're if you ask yourself the question, well, what if I don't do this? What if I don't pursue this thing that I have has been whispering to me for a long time? There's a really strong response. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're like, no, I can't imagine not doing that. You know, and and it re-ups your motivation and your insistence to um to keep moving forward. So and with that, I think, you know, just going back to the routine question, when you're connecting into why am I doing this and what do I really want to achieve by creating this routine? You can start and you're listening to your intuition. You're going through all of these different things that allow you to um, tap into these different parts of your, your life, tapping into who you are, connecting to your body, building a community, um, moving towards your vision. When you, when you um, are able to do that, you can then create a new strategy that might work better for you in this moment yeah, right
0: the routine so is changing too
1: it changes so you know what you we're constantly evolving what might have been the routine you needed a week ago or a month ago or a year ago doesn't work for you anymore you get to change it up and you don't have to beat yourself up about it you can be like what do i need right now yeah. what do i need and this this is an essential question when um, when things don't go the way you expect them to, and it you are shaken up in some way. You can always ask yourself, okay, how can I ramp up or pull back my routine that still stays in alignment with what I want what I want to accomplish in my life? And do I need to change it from 30 minutes a day to that 30 seconds that I was talking about for this short period of time, or is it a time when I can really dive deep into a much, much stronger, um, commitment and spend an entire weekend working on the thing that, that, that is really calling for me. So connecting back into your vision and your why will help you make those decisions.
0: Well, this is great. Um, I feel like it gives me a real starting point for, for working on things. And I hope, um, for our listeners, I hope that you'll share with us, uh, what you're working on. I'll be really interested to know. I'm sure you're doing all sorts of things that I uh, could never imagine. Uh, Catherine, is there anything else you wanted to say about creativity and sort of the practice of creativity before we wrap things up?
1: That's such a big question. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, we really all are allowed to make what we want to make. And um, so, you know, I think when when you embrace that and you say, oh, I I get to do this thing, whether it be singing or, you know, uh, dancing or writing or sculpting or in your business or your career, your family, it's like there's something so powerful when you just allow yourself to recognize that that, you deserve that. You get to make, not only you get to make, but it's imperative for you to make what it is that you want to make. That is... Um, that is where change happens in, in our lives and we're able to move on to something new and different and awesome and exciting for ourselves and the people around us. So go for it is what I want to say.
0: I love that. One thing that has really changed in my creative life is, um, when I realized that I didn't have to wait to make money from my art in order to say that I was an artist. When I just got to the point where I said, I'm an artist forever that's who I am. It's part of who I am. It's always going to be part of who I am, regardless of what I'm getting paid for or not. I could sort of just let go of that idea of like, do I have a right to call this part of my identity? Yes. And instead get down to the business of like, I am an artist. What do I want to art today? Uh, and that was much more interesting.
1: Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what is happening in your in your life does not define who you are. You are who you are through and through. You get to be that whether you're, you know, in a, in a nine to five job, you know, or or in a, um, waitressing place or doing whatever you can, you are who you are no matter where you are in your, um, in your journey. Mm -hmm. And so absolutely you get to do that. You get to call yourself who you are and be who you want to be and make what you want to make. Totally.
0: Well, Catherine, if people want to find you on the internet, where should they go? Because you actually um can talk to clients anywhere, right?
1: I can. Yeah, um I am all about flexibility. That's one of the main things that uh, is important to me in my life, so I want to make sure that, you know, I can uh can work with people all over the world actually. Um so I uh the best place to find me is um at my website, um kjtcoaching.com. Um, I also have a Facebook group called Create Space, which is a community of creatives who are interested in making what they want to make, gaining support, making what they want to make, making a good living at it, and, you know, having the sweet life that they're looking for, too. So that community is a great place that if you want to um, explore more, you know, more questions or get support, that's a great place to, to go and, and, and connect with other creatives. And then my website.
0: Awesome. I'll connect to both of those things in the show notes so that people will be able to find you. Um, Thanks so much for talking to us, Catherine.
1: Thank you. It's been a
0: pleasure. I so appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to become a patron of the show, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at just one more pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash just one more podcast, or you can email us at info at just more podcast.com. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.